Welcome to the Vince in the Bay podcast. I'm Vince, and this episode will cover Twitter and the infinitely expanding role of social media in law enforcement and intelligence gathering activities. Later, I'll be joined by guest Jacob Young, who's a software developer and privacy advocate. Last Tuesday, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey interviewed famed NSA whistleblower and wanted fugitive Edward Snowden. The question and answer session, which was mostly just long-winded answers by Snowden, uh, was set up by Pardon Snowden, a campaign launched by civil rights groups working to win an official pardon for Snowden so he can return to the United States and, uh, I don't know, cause more trouble, pick up chicks, play video games. Uh, they probably have video games and chicks in Russia. So last week for about an hour, Jack peppered Snowden with questions while Twitter users were encouraged to submit queries via the Pardon Snowden hashtag. During the hour-long interview, Snowden offered his views on corporate and government surveillance, censorship, fake news, literature, sort of, but not really, um, the state of journalism, why and how he uses Twitter, and lots of other random stuff about the uh, Founding Fathers, the Constitution, Liberty, all that blah 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 What happened on, on your action, on your... Dis- oh, okay, so that's Jack. Jack Dorsey, CEO, Twitter. He goes by at Jack on Twitter. Anyway, here we go. What happened on, on your action, on your disclosure, and everything that's happened since? <laughs> this is a good question. It's a, it's a big question. Oh, come on. Give me a break. That's exactly what people say when they don't know the answer to your question. Oh, that's a great question. That's a really good question. That's a big question. That's a, that's, that's a huge question. That's how they stall for time to figure out what sort of BS they're going to pull out of their ass. <laughs> this is a good question. It's a, it's a big question. Oh, um, big one. Huge. And it's, it's difficult to kind of compress you know, oh, five minutes. What we're yeah. talking about are, are, are years, decades, perhaps even centuries of history. Uh, wait a second. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Centuries about, of yeah. history. Centuries of history. The guy asked you, what happened with you, your disclosure deal and what's been going on since? He didn't ask for an oral history of the United States of America. But when we think about what happened, we need to think about where we are now. And the only way to think about that is to think mm-hmm. about where we came from, where we're basically specifying what the government can and can't do. Uh, our model is what we call a government of enumerated powers. Oh, please I mean, spare me the civics lesson. The ability to do something, they're not supposed to do it. Uh, now, why did this happen? Uh, it's because we are a country uh, that blah 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 threat, blah 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 blah. Okay, all right, that's enough. The guy asked you a simple freaking question. What's up with you, dude? Just give us the TLDR. None of this crap about how the country was founded and the, and the Constitution and amendments and uh, the government and, and all this other crap. Okay, just for the love of God, just tell us what happened to you and what have you been doing? You know what? Forget it. I'll answer for you. 
what happened on, on your action, on your disclosure, and everything that's happened since. Well, Jack, I was working for the NSA, and I found out some really fucked up shit was happening. I decided this stuff's got to get out. The people have to know. I called up uh, Glenn Greenwald and said, hey, look, I got some dirt. Check it out. And now I'm stuck in Russia. There you go. That's your answer. That's your TLDR. All right, moving on. Secret program of the National Security Agency uh, called PRISM. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he finally gets to the part where he gets into what he actually did, exposing this PRISM program. Secret program of the National Security Agency uh, called PRISM. They worked with the FBI uh, to sort of conceal from these companies what they were actually doing. Mm -hmm. uh, Google, Facebook, uh, Apple, Skype, all of these guys Netscape. were going beyond what the law required to give the government information off of their servers. The government didn't have to steal this, which is the traditional way. But under this PRISM program, the tech companies were actually collaborating. Now, something interesting here is you'll see that... Uh, Twitter actually wasn't one of those listed there. Oh, how ironic. Twitter wasn't actually one of the tech companies that was colluding with the government on the PRISM program. They already comply with FISA requests. What this initial NSA program, the PRISM program, was trying to do was get these companies to modify their systems to help collect data. Twitter just simply said, no, we're not going to create or modify anything that we have that exists to help you guys out. Sorry. We'll get to the irony of that later. What's changed since your disclosures and, and what are you most proud of? I, I think where we start on this, because this is uh, against. Why is it always we? He asked you a question. The answer should be I, me, not we. Again, can't give you a straight answer. That means he's hiding something. I, I think where we start on this, because this is, uh, again, too big of a question. to. to oh, way too big. An immediate thing is uh, when I came forward in June. Are you kidding me? That's too big. Of, that's too big a question to answer. Really? What's changed since your disclosures and, and what are you most proud of? All right. I got I got your answer right here. OK, Ed. I'm sorry. Repeat the question, Jack. What's changed since your disclosures and, and what are you most proud of? Well, let me tell you, Jack, a lot has changed. First of all, I'm in fucking Russia. OK, I think I'm going to be stuck here pretty much indefinitely unless uh, Donald Trump decides to pardon me. By the way, pardon Snowden. Check them out. They're on Twitter. Pardon Snowden. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Uh, when I came forward in June of 2013, uh, the government sort of responded like a singed cat, you know, uh, walking across the stove. Uh, they flipped out. Uh, they said everyone involved, including the Washington Post, right, uh, is engaged in some kind of treason. They're damaging the country. Uh, this is a very scary thing and people are going to die. Dude, that is treason. I'm pretty sure. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm pretty sure what you did can qualify as being treasonous. I don't know. I could be wrong. The president himself came out and said, uh, this is a lot of heat. There's no light here. Uh, there's nothing to see here. Sort of move on with it. We've drawn the right balance mm -hmm. between your rights and what the government wants to do. Mm -hmm. Don't ask so many questions. 
That that should be Edward Snowden's answer to everything. Don't ask so many questions. Yeah, don't ask so many questions. This is how the answer should have been. What's changed since your disclosures, and, and what are you most proud of? Don't ask so many questions. Good answer. All right, moving on. What else do we got? This thing went on for an hour. He filibustered the entire thing. Easy questions. What have you been up to? Well, let's go back into history. Okay, so here's another clip of Snowden talking about the intelligence community and showing his age. By the way, he's 33 years old. That means he was born in what, 1999? I'm pretty sure he wasn't around for the 70s or 80s. The last time the intelligence community was recognized as breaking the law was in the 1970s. Did you hear that? The 1970s. 7-0. Let's go back and let's hear it again. The last time the intelligence community was recognized as breaking the law was in the 1970s. Uh, It was when they were spying on people like Martin Luther King Jr., who they classified as the greatest threat to national security in the United States. Cool story, bro. Martin Luther King didn't live to see the 70s. Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968. Learn to history, bro. I think what he's trying to say is you have to go back to the 70s to find a time when the intelligence community were caught with their pants down. You had Watergate and Nixon's failed presidency. You had all these commissions like the Rockefeller Commission and the Murphy Commission. And uh, that doesn't mean they stopped. All right, snowballs. You ever heard of Iran-Contra? That's not the 70s, by the way. That's the 80s. It was the 80s when Ronald Reagan reinvented the intelligence community. He increased budgets. In fact, it was part of his campaign in the in, in the 1980 presidential election. Intelligence was an issue. That time, it was the Republicans, the GOP, who were accusing the Democrats and Carter of undermining the intelligence community, but not in the way that the Democrats today are blaming the Republicans or the Russians, I guess. They just thought these Democrats were basically handicapping the intelligence communities who were dealing with Soviet Russia at the time. Also, fun fact, Ronald Reagan, he made the DCI a cabinet-level position. And for those of you who don't know, the DCI, it stands for Director of Central Intelligence. Moving on. What we're talking about here and what we're proud of. Who is this we? It's always we. No, dude, it's you, bro. I have nothing to do with this, man. All right, what's next? Oh, here we got Jack asking uh, snowballs about journalism. What's your view on the state of journalism and, and journalists and, and what, what needs to be improved? This is, uh, well, journalists have a tough job. Um, ah, it's there tough. aren't a lot of people. Who- Did you hear him say, he started to say, this is, a, this is a, a tough question. This is a good question. You could hear him internally going, oh, I've already used that one like four times. Listen to this. Listen again. This is... uh, Well, journalists have a tough... This is uh, another tough question. It's pretty easy, bro. 
What's your view on the state of journalism? Come on, snow job. Um, there aren't a lot of people who go into journalism and get rich. Uh, there are big broadcast uh, news anchors who make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But when you open the newspaper, right? Uh, who fucking opens the newspaper? Who opens the newspaper? Oh, may- <laughs> maybe in Russia, where he's stand, they still read newspapers. Nobody's opening a newspaper. Uh, but there is a sad thing that's happening in journalism right now where it feels a little bit like the truth doesn't matter. That's the best thing he's said the entire freaking time. It feels a little bit like the truth doesn't matter. The truth doesn't matter. He's totally right. The truth does not matter anymore. All that matters is perception. Good job, snowballs. All right, what else do we got? This brings up sort of this this central argument that we have right now. Uh, about this fake news uh, idea where people go, all right, there are people out there on the Internet who are lying. They're making up stories. They're spreading falsehoods. Incredible. So I don't believe do it. Something about this. Are you kidding me? There's people lying on the Internet. Yeah, we got to do something, bro. So we have to do something. About yes. It. And what are we going to do about it? Let's kick their asses. Jack, get their IPs and we'll go to their houses and kick their asses. Well, snow job, you probably can't go because you're stuck at Russia. Speech. Uh, the First Amendment. The government can't tell you what you can. First Amendment? Never heard of it. You can actually go out on the Internet and lie, and the government can't do something about this. You're kidding me. You can go on the Internet and lie? In a broad sense. So they go, well, we still want something to happen. Let's make the companies do this. Yes. And well, we're talking about things like terrorism, right? We got to start somewhere. Let's start with the terrorists. He's not defending the freaking terrorists, is he? Uh, And they go, we're going to take down terrorist content. We're going to get all these companies, Google, Facebook, Twitter, whoever, uh, to come together. Again, who is this we? He keeps coming up with we. Uh, And they go, we're going to take down terrorist content. Oh, we are? Or or is he talking to Jack? Him and Jack together? They're going to take down terrorists? Like soldiers of fortune? Like they're the freaking A-team? And then these companies will take it down. That sounds reasonable. Totally. Sounds sounds legit, dude. What do you want him to do? Find him and drone him? Right. That sounds like a good idea. That sounds like something we can all get behind. Because nobody wants to see ISIS recruiting on the internet. Uh, That's a very bad thing and we don't want to support it. But at the same time, there is no common definition of terrorism that's recognized around the world. So... It's left up to the nation in question that's being terrorized for them to decide whether they've been terrorized or not. I think it's okay to leave that up to the nation that it happened to. Like 9-11. I think it's okay to call that terrorism. I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I'm going to say 9-11, terrorism. Okay, here we go. Jack asking Snowden about joining Twitter. So you joined Twitter in uh, 2015. Just why? What were you looking for? <laughs> you know, it, it's... Let me guess. Another good question. It's a really complicated uh, story in one way. Oh. It's a really easy story in another way. Yeah, it's, it's complicated, yet it's easy. Really? Here, I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you one, all right? So you joined Twitter in uh, 2015. Just why? What were you looking for? I was curious about it. I heard I heard it was a thing. I thought I'd check it out. I signed up. Suddenly, I had a million followers dick riding me all day long. 
So I thought, what the heck? I'll stick around. I'll post some stuff. I'll follow the NSA, ironically. There you go. There's the answer, dude. Here's Jack asking Snowden about how he uses Twitter. So your, your usage of Twitter is very interesting because you follow one account, and that account is the NSA. I actually do use it uh, to understand what people are saying, what they're thinking about, what they're talking about, where the conversation uh, is going. Uh, but I don't use it so much on my named account for that. Wait, what? You don't use it so much on your named account? What do you mean your named account? I think Snowjob just admitted that he has sock accounts. Listen to this. Listen to this. Tell me this is not suggesting he has more than one Twitter account. Uh, but I don't use it so much on my named account for that. I don't use it so much. On, what do we, what does he not use? Uh, but I don't use it so much on my named account for that. He doesn't use it so much on his named account for that. Apparently he has other accounts for that. The plot thickens. Whether we like it or not, there are courts in the United States that will say, look, uh, let's get a warrant for his communications. And I don't know whether this is the case. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Uh, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. Oh, he knows. Uh, but the government could come to Twitter and say, look, we need records uh, of everything this guy is saying in his private messages. We need uh, to see every link that he clicked on. We need to see how he's using Twitter. And I don't think that would be fair. Why wouldn't it be fair? You broke laws, bro. You're a freaking fugitive, and you're hanging out on social media. I'd say that's playing fair and square. Getting a warrant to investigate a suspect in a crime, I think that's fair. And I don't think that would be fair uh, to everybody that I'm following, everybody uh, that I'm connected uh, with, everybody that I'm interested in. Oh, I get it. Okay, okay, okay. So he doesn't want to, okay, he's not going to use his main, his named account to follow anybody. All right. He doesn't want to endanger others. I get it. The guy is a fugitive. He leaked government secrets. Anybody he tweets with is going to be put under the radar. So yeah, probably better off not following people on his main account. So instead, I have uh, sort of a <laughs> very crude way of using Twitter. Yeah, sock accounts. Uh, and I try to actually remember uh, their handles. I try to remember their names, and then I go to it manually. I could create sort of alternative accounts and create lists uh, of people incognito. Yeah. You just admitted a second ago that you only use your named account for stuff. So this, I could create an incognito account with lists and stuff. You're more or less admitting that you do have a sock account with lists and it's out there, baby. Sort of a <laughs> very crude way of using Twitter. Okay. When he laughs, the laugh is, the laugh is a, is, is a tell nervous laugh. Definitely a tell usually indicative of lying. Uh, but what has surprised me is even if you don't use Twitter to the fullest extent, just how much value you can get out of it. 
yeah, when you have a bazillion followers, oh, it's amazing. You get bombarded with stuff. You wouldn't even have time to look at your, your, at your timeline if you did follow people. All right, here is Jack asking Snowden what he would like to see Twitter do. What would you like to see us do? What, what would you like to see us improve uh, to, to serve you and to serve the world better? You know, one of the main things that I've seen uh, recently more and more is as Twitter has tried to expand what you can fit in a tweet, the fact that when you add a picture to a tweet, you lose 22 characters. One step ahead of you, snowballs. They fixed that already, bro. Desktop already does that. They haven't got it for the, for the phone yet, dude. But uh, for, for the desktop, already there. Uh, that's painful. Uh, that, that's honestly, that's terrible. Um, a travesty. If you could recapture that when you add a link and things like that. You oh, yeah, yeah, come on. You, you and your nerd crap. All right, here's, one, uh, here's another question from Jack about uh, Snowden's love affair with Katie Couric. You recently said to Katie Couric, if we want to be in a better America, we have to do it ourselves. And in your view, what's the most important thing an individual in this country can do? Well, I mean, the first thing is to care. That's it. Stop right there. Care. Just care. Just care. Great answer. Simple. Succinct. Easy. Palatable. Just care. He didn't stutter. He didn't laugh nervously. He didn't say good question. He just said, you got to care. First, you got to care. Just, just care. Excellent answer. Moving on. Now we enter the portion of the program where Twitter users get to submit questions. From Twitter, at Wolverine asks, with technology developing and evolving, what's the thing you're most worried about in terms of both surveillance and in general? Let me guess. Good question. This is... <laughs> <laughs> There's that nervous laugh. <laughs> what am I going to make up right now? <laughs> this is kind of sprawling uh, and, and challenging. Oh, what a challenge. What we're looking at is this idea of a quantified world uh, where everything you do is generating records. Mm -hmm. When you think about the advance of technology, it's always outpaced our ability to regulate it because uh, technology moves faster than Congresses do, than parliaments do. Yeah. What else do we have here? Here's another question from a Twitter user. From Melanie Sharp, 42. What pieces of literature have moved you, stuck with you for life? And more broadly, what, what's influenced you? What inspires you? You know, this is a, <laughs> this is a fascinating question. I don't you got to be kidding me, bro. Uh, you got to be kidding me. Out of all of these questions, really, it's pretty simple, dude. What's your favorite book? What inspires you? It's real easy. Make something up. You're a spy. <laughs> this is a fascinating question. I don't yeah, fascinating. get this one very much. Oh, never uh, get this one. I'd like to give kind of book titles. Uh, but as a privacy advocate, I, I think that's actually the wrong take here. Mm-hmm. I think there's nothing that says more about a person than the books that they prize, the things that they treasure, because these are the ideas that they kind of embody. These are their dreams printed out. Instead, I'll say something that is similar, but a little bit different. Uh, 
Similar, but a little bit different. I'm a reader. There are, uh, I'm a reader. I read things. Few things I enjoy more than having the time to go through a book. Uh, then just name a book. One book. It doesn't matter. I'm also a child of the internet. I'm part of that first generation. Moby Dick. Who grew up connected. Who could reach out and see anything. Uh, the Great Gatsby. The Great Gra- I can't even say that word. And this means that I didn't just read books. Uh, and I still don't just read books uh, in the traditional sense. Well, you can't even name a book, so a book I'm, I'm not convinced that you even have ever seen a book. I read from a book that never ends. Mm. We're writing a book together all the time in all of these different communities, and we are the authors of a new story mm. that reaches every human heart in every corner of the earth. I can think of nothing that has held more influence for me personally than the Internet itself. The Internet. Really? That's your inspiration? The Internet. Forget it. Moving on. We're almost done. And as a final question and final thought, Jacob Young at J-R-Y-I-O. Snowden, how do you make sure current and future generations never treat government surveillance as normal? (laughs) (laughs) The normalization of anything, whether it's uh, surveillance, (laughs) we have a smaller voice than these huge institutions. Mm Mm-hmm. What we need to do is we need to, first off, explain what it is that we believe and share it, debate it, figure out what matters uh, and why. Or not. Surveillance is a global problem, and it's only the smallest part of the issue. What we're actually talking about is democracy. What we're talking about is civil empowerment. What we're talking about is the relationship between the governing and the governed, the ordinary citizens. There's been an increasing imbalance of power where that idea of private citizens and public officials has been inverted, where instead of them knowing very little about us and us knowing very much about them, now they have classification, now they have state secrets, they can hide behind their power. We know almost nothing about what public officials are doing. Uh, Again, we can't even see their tax returns. If we look at private citizens, now they're being monitored by everyone. They have almost no privacy. Mm -hmm. How do we revert that? How do we correct that? How do we restore the balance of power there? Please tell us. Uh, It's a difficult question. Ah, It's difficult. When we lose control, when we lose... It's simple yet complicated. Uh, When every law that's passed seems to work against us rather than for us, do we need to seek new means of enforcing human rights? Maybe. The law is important, uh, and we need legal protections. But we need to start thinking about things not just in the national context, not just in the local context, but in the global context. Can we correct things just in the United States without also correcting? We, I don't know where you keep getting this we from, but I don't see you joining us as we in the United States anytime soon. In a lot of contexts, no. But in the context of technology, maybe because of the. Speaking of which, I, I totally lost context there. What the fuck is he talking about? Context. In a lot of contexts, no. But in the context of technology, maybe. Maybe. Not in my book. Technology is ultimately going to be our downfall. Once the robot apocalypse hits, it's curtains for humans, right? Let's live it up while we can. 
borderless context of the internet. And people are trying to stop this. They're threatened by the idea of a borderless internet. But as long as our protocols, as long as our standards can reach everywhere, uh, data can be encrypted and transmitted without knowing the content of it, without knowing, in some cases, uh, its origin and destination, we can start creating a fabric of freedom that provides human rights, not just... What does that even mean? A fabric of freedom? That's just hot air. It means nothing. Unless it means something. Let's, let's keep listening. A fabric of freedom that provides human rights, not just freedom of speech, uh, not just the right to privacy to Americans, but to Russians, to people in China, to people in Iran. Wait, wait, what do you want to give the Russians and Chinese? Technology. People in Iran, North Korea, Germany, France, Brazil, anywhere. If we create one technological leap, it solves one of these difficult problems, such as how do we have private communications, protected communications, confidential communications between families, between friends, between a newspaper and its readers that can't be intercepted, that can't be censored, that can't be controlled, that can go anywhere on earth. We've started to figure out how to solve some of those problems. We're facing problems that never existed before. So I think it's fair to consider that we might need to use technology to create solutions that we've never seen before. Thank you, Edward, for all your time, your care, and also your voice. And thanks for joining us today. I love your voice. Now I'd like to welcome my guest, Jacob Young, who's a software developer and privacy advocate. Jacob was the user who submitted that final question, which Snowden answered, sort of. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Vince. First of all, when did you send in your tweet with your question? I sent in the, the tweet five minutes before the show started. I, I saw Snowden going his long 20-minute ramble about his, his, his history and four centuries of, of democracy. Uh, and then I had to go to and then I actually I went to lunch with a coworker and just turned turned it off entirely and came back and then saw that it was actually answered, which is kind of funny. Yeah, man, you were <laughs> the uh, you were the grand finale. Yeah, it was, it was nice to close on. It was it was a good touch. So, were you satisfied with your answer to that question? Um, no, I was not dissatisfied. I'm very happy he, he answered the question. Um, but, you know, as you can pretty easily tell, it was, there was no direct answer in there. I think what he did is he, in his head, the question was, how do you normalize it? And then, he, then he said, you know, how do you prevent it? And then he said, like, what's the issue? So he jumped a few questions there. And then, yeah, my question was, how do current and future generations never treat government surveillance as normal? And that was purely in, a, in an interpersonal and kind of community and kind of generational sense of like, you know, it's normal not to segregate against people now, right? Mm -hmm. um, before, you know, it was normal. Like that kind of kind of cultural um, generational shift in opinions and belief. Is so what, what kind of technology do you think can be used to solve this issue that you're worried about? Um, you know, he's right, obviously, encryption, but I think we can go a little further than that. Um, one of the reasons why the NSA was so so good at getting so much data through PRISM was because the information was centralized at, you know, giant technology companies, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and all it takes is, a, is you know, a secret court order and knock on the door and you get all the data you want. Thinking really long-term technology, something would be interesting would be a completely decentralized Internet. Um, one, one which kind of acts and looks much more like the Bitcoin blockchain, in which you know, the information on the Internet is encrypted by default and spread around the world. And I think a project that's 
doing this is called ITFS. It's the Interplanetary File System. Uh, it's this kind of not fully implemented proposal slash technology to make this encrypted distributed internet that runs on people's computers instead of on centralized servers. Interplanetary, that sounds pretty cool. You know, I really don't have, don't at least I don't feel like I have any reason to use encrypted communication. Can you think of a reason why I might need it? Yeah, a few. Uh, just, I think the one, in, at least in my opinion, that is the most pressing is that um, if you don't use encrypted communication, let's just say you use five different messaging apps, you know, text messaging, SMS, um, some Facebook system, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you don't, um, you know, naturally these companies might want to, you know, record the messages, keep a log of it for, you know, maybe well-intentioned purposes. You know, maybe it might be advertising, might be a little bit of research. Um, but suppose some political entity comes along and they want to find all the people who have ever talked about X. If you're Oh, messages. shit. I talked about X once. I'm totally <laughs> fucked. Right. But in, in, in that sense, you know, basically putting any, anything you say into record now, for whatever reason, you know, you have no guarantee of the future. So this, this kind of like preventive thing is, at least in my opinion, the most meaningful reason to use encrypted messaging. So um, after watching this Snowden Jack love fest, I noticed that um, Snowden made a point of saying that Twitter was not involved initially with the PRISM program, which I don't even know if the PRISM program exists anymore. He leaked that stuff in 2013. The program was probably already going on years before that. And it looks to me like it was some sort of dry run or something because they only used like eight companies. So some of these companies already have infrastructure in place that uh, law enforcement can tap into. In Twitter's case, they have this startup called Data Miner a tool that basically lets you search and filter tweets in real time. And they call it the, um, Oh, it's the fire hose, man. They can, they, they can monitor it all, the whole thing. And it seems like this data miner operation has taken some heat in the, in the past from the ACLU and uh, there was a, a similar company prior to that that had their API revoked from Twitter. They were called Geofedia, and they basically did the same thing where they, but it was geographically based, I guess. What do you think about these companies like this? Like, here's Jack, you know, showing off Snowden and uh, acting like an, an, an advocate for privacy and taking a stand against intelligence agencies just uh, what a month ago the fbi signed a contract to get full access to this data miner uh, application so now they're able to monitor and filter the fire hose in real time like what do you think of that is that cool no not at all and i think in a post known world that exactly what we need to let not happen. And it's incredibly ironic that that's the undertone of the discussion that both Snowden and Jack had. Yeah, but uh, I tweeted him just that. I said, hey, Snowden, asked Jack what he thinks about this whole data miner thing. Um, they weren't going to answer my question. But I, 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 you know, I'm just, I'm just Vince in the Bay. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not Jacob. So what, what did you think? Did he stutter on your answer? I can't remember. 
Let's, let's, stutters on all of them. Let's, 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 let's hear it again. And as a final question and final thought, Jacob Young at J-R-Y-I-O. Snowden, how do you make sure we, current and future generations never treat government surveillance as normal? <laughs> oh, the yep. nervous laugh. He gives, he gives you the nervous laugh. He, I noticed an, uh, another thing he, like, he does. He talks under his breath a lot. Yeah. Um, I noticed uh, he, tailed, he, he tends to tail off. He'll start off with like, we have to think about our silver liberties and what are we going to do against a tyrannical government that wants to know every single thing about what we do privately? Mm. <laughs> it seems like he's been thrust into the kind of pundit pundits. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's just so many contradictions with that guy. I don't, I don't know what to make of him. I, you know, the, the conspiracy theorist in me says, dude, he's straight up CIA. I mean, he started at the CIA and then he moved over to the NSA. And we know that those, all those agencies, they have their own factions and between agencies and within agencies and, you, you saw with that election, the FBI and the DOJ had their own factions at war over releasing information about the email investigation. That was seen as a political move. There are people within both departments that were pissed off that there weren't charges filed. And you know what? Snowden himself has tweeted within the past month or two that there's straight up a revolt going on within the intelligence community. And... Uh, you know, I think he is a propagandist at this point. But the thing about propaganda is they love to mix lies with the truth. And I think the whole revolt within the intelligence community thing, I think there's some truth to that. And I think there's so much going on within that community that that we we can't even fathom. People just think. When you hear CIA, you just think, oh, it's the CIA. They are all in league together. They all get along. They're all buddies. They're all right. CIA. And it doesn't work like that. You know, these agencies, there's 17 intelligence agencies. You know, that's a lot of different departments fighting for, for funding and budgets and, uh, and intelligence on 9-11, that was like the big failure, right? That there wasn't enough sharing across agencies and stuff. So they tried to correct that. And there's still instances where agencies are withholding uh, information because it's a value for them if they have it and the CIA doesn't or the CIA has it and the FBI doesn't. And then, you know, you have the, the bureaucracy is so freaking big now that there have been cases like in Syria where you have a state department backed militia fighting a CIA backed militia. It's just, it's out of control. Yep. Crazy times, man. Crazy, Everything. crazy times. <laughs> Everything's in flux. Yeah. Um, what was that? A a ancient Chinese proverb. May, may you live in interesting times. We're living them. <laughs> I think we're doing it. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, um, how can a listener, stalk you on the internet do you have a twitter um, handle obviously i i do that's that, that's the reason i'm here uh, my twitter handle is jryio i tweet about software for the most part random random shit i love to 
to, to tweet at big San Francisco tech companies who are worth billions of dollars, like to point out their their shitty web code and find all the bugs in them. I, I, I tweet at them all the time. It's really good fun. So if you're into that kind of thing, software, uh, you know, code snippets and and kind of laughing at other big companies, uh, you can you can check out my tweets. I like laughing at companies. Dude, you know what I want to do when I'm um, the benevolent dictator of the world? Mm. Um, I'm going to outlaw JavaScript. Yes, please. JavaScript will be illegal. Thank you. HTML and CSS. That's it. I lived through dial-up for years and years and years to finally get to the point where broadband was a thing and... I could get just unbelievable speeds and it's all for naught now because all these stupid websites have like 500 trackers on them and they're running a mm-hmm. bazillion scripts and they got flash ads all over the place. And it, you know, you, you, you scroll like halfway down the page and like everything's moving and, and, and your browser is like about to combust it's it's r- ridiculous. It's just a freaking web page, dude. Keep it simple. Keep it fucking oh, yeah. simple. Like look at look at all the sites that are 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 typically successful. Google, a white page with like 10 letters. <laughs> and 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 a, and a search bar. That's it. And now they own the universe. The the Drudge Report. They don't even do news. They just aggregate. It's just a white page with hyperlinks that's it white page black text hyperlinks oh yeah sensationalized headlines on the hyperlinks that make you you know you go to have you ever been to drudge report haven't actually oh my god you can go just go there right now and you'll in and spend a minute there and you'll be convinced that armageddon is upon us it's all clickbait Uh, uh, But but I'll give them credit though, they have one ad at the top of the page and that's it, and everything else is just blank white space and black lettering. Man, I hate JavaScript. So there's or at least people talk about an internet nine eleven. I think the internet nine eleven wouldn't be some stupid DDoS thing. All it would have simply have to be is someone finding a way to disable JavaScript uh, globally, like universally over <laughs> over all networks and all browsers. Right. Dude. Like, the internet would break. The internet wouldn't be there. The yeah. Facebook wouldn't exist. Hmm. I mean, at least Twitter, like there, yeah. there, there would still be some functionality on Twitter. You could still tweet and, and do some stuff. Which is what I like about what I liked about Twitter to begin with. It was that it was just very stripped down, and now it's it's kind of turning into MySpace. But hmm. all right, one more time, Jacob Young. It's J R Y I O on Twitter. Thank you so much, Jacob, for uh, joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was great. I had a great time talking to you. All right, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Vince in the Bay podcast. You can check out prior episodes on my bloggy blog at vinceinthebay.com. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. 
Until next time, ciao.